I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Like any good detective, ER doctors need to follow the evidence. Her injury happened so quickly, so there's already a little bit of mystery building up with what this is. Whether it's mysterious fragments embedded in a wound... I want to be like Nancy Drew, (laughs) figure out what these are. A knee ravaged by an incurable disease. That's a freaking lot of fluid. Or an injury that seems to defy logic. There is concrete embedded into the wounds that I can't get out. When we have questions... You swallowed your princess? How'd she taste? I just good. Your answers... And so it just shattered in your hands? Yeah, like my hands went. Just might save you. Nick ultimately lose his foot. From an absolute nightmare. First impressions in the ER can be deceiving. Whether it's someone who looks perfectly fine that's dealing with a potentially life-threatening problem or new information that sends us back to the drawing board for a treatment plan. That's why we ask so many questions about your ailment and medical history. So we can get to the root of the problem faster. So let's talk about toys. Today's toys are so freaking cute. You just want to eat them up. And for four-year-old Mavis at our Colleen facility, that's exactly what she did. And I need to get the scoop. She had told me that she swallowed her baby doll's body. She was supposed to be taking a nap, but she came in from her room and probably swallowed her baby. I have heard that you swallowed us like a fish. Swallowed your princess? You swallowed your princess? Oh! How'd she taste? I just good. <laughs> oh, so she got that. Okay, so how big is your princess? As big as your shoe? Yeah. Bigger? How did you swallow that? No. That's really big. That's big. Yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed by how you're sitting there. So did you take her head off and then you just swallow the body? Yeah. You did? Really? She hasn't done this before. No. Okay. The body is like that. Oh, okay. Researchers have found that over the last 20 years, foreign body ingestions in children have actually doubled. Most of these objects are harmless. 80% of them will just pass right through you. But there are some things that kids swallow that can be really dangerous. Button batteries, for instance, you know, the ones that are shaped like a coin, if they get stuck inside, They can burn through tissue in just two hours, which can be fatal. If a child swallows more than one magnet, they can cause serious damage to the stomach and intestines. Basically, the magnetism pulls them together inside you, messing with blood flow and possibly creating puncture wounds. 
So knowing exactly what your kid just swallowed is important for us at the ER. Are the arms attached to the body or um, are they off to the side? That specific one, I'm not sure. I'm happy Mavis is moving and talking and breathing so well. If she did swallow something, it's not currently causing a problem, but you cannot be too careful when it comes to a potential obstruction of the airway. I have to find out if there's something in there. So the biggest fear when kids swallow things is obviously getting it into the windpipe. So I think we should do a chest x-ray, which will look to see if there's any foreign body in the trachea. And sometimes we can see something in the esophagus or the stomach. So what do you think about taking a picture of your chest? Yeah. Can I listen to your chest? Yeah. Okay. Can you take a nice deep breath like this? Oh, I like it. Wow, that was good. I'm going to keep it here and not blow. Blow. Wow. Can you do it again? Yeah. Go. Wow. Can you roar like a lion? Go. That was really good. Can you do it again? Can you open your mouth really wide and stick up the tongue? I'm going to go ahead and put that x-ray in. We'll take a look. And then we'll just see what we see. So for Mavis, I want to make sure that the foreign body isn't in her trachea or windpipe. It doesn't hurt. That's a picture. My first step is to put in an x-ray. If the toy is radio-opaque, we'll see it on the x-ray. You can't judge a book by its cover, know where a swallowed doll went without an x-ray, and you can't judge a wound by its size. At our South Austin location, 32-year-old Bailey sustained what looks like a small injury. It's only about a quarter of an inch, but it's hiding a mystery. Dr. Steven Ellsbecker is already extracting a bit of unidentified debris that was lodged inside. And now the question becomes, what other secrets could this wound be hiding. So my dad and I were putting some plywood up in my attic and he needed to take the springs off of the door so that he could hand me the wood up through the opening. So when he took the bolt off, the springs kind of flew back at me and caught me right in the shin. I don't really know the extent of what happened. I could obviously see that there was a pretty big gash and blood and that it was deep, but um, I know they got something out of the wound when I first got in here. So basically the spring came loose, snapped back and hit her in the leg. There was some debris in the wound itself and the injury happened so quickly that she's not quite sure where it came from or whether it was from the environment or a piece of her own bone. So there's already a little mystery building up with what that debris might have been. Behind every ER doctor is a true detective. And when Dr. Ellsbecker is not tearing up the streets of Austin on his beloved road bike, he's glad to put his Sherlock Holmes hat on in the name of medicine. You see, when a good mystery hits the ER, everyone has an opinion, including the Watson in this case, Townsend, the radiology technologist. Inspecting the wound, we pulled some fragments, which to me, I thought it was bone. But the person most interested in what came out of Bailey's leg is, well, Bailey. 
I kind of want to look at what came out of my leg, <laughs> what it is they pulled out. While Dr. Ellsbecker isn't exactly sure what the foreign body is, he does have an idea what it isn't. Well, quite large. It's a little bit bendy and flexible. Yeah. And bones certainly would not right. bend like that. Yep. So it seems like that spring carried something into the wound. Right. And there's a little bit of a mystery as far as what that is and how the heck that spring carried it into your leg. So even if that is just debris from the outside environment, that was forceful enough to cause the wound and embed the debris in her skin. So we're going to get an x-ray. And that x-ray might show extra debris, and if there is, where it is. I want to be like Nancy Drew, <laughs> figure out what these are. It's a mystery. All right, let's take a look at that leg. The worst case scenario, if we don't do our due diligence and leave something behind, is it could get really infected. If that were the case, she could require additional treatment in the ER or operative intervention to remove whatever was left behind. I'm a little nervous. You know, I don't like the idea of anything kind of floating around in my leg. <laughs> Ultimately, when a patient has a concern, we have to take it seriously. But my gut is telling me that it's more than just a cut. So you have tibia, the fibula, the impact was mid-shaft. And so what we're looking for is possible fracture, possible foreign body. From the looks of it, it looks clear. The bone looks fine. With no more debris found in the wound, Dr. Ellsbecker is now confident he can repair the injury without complications. Uh, so I looked over your x-ray, and there wasn't anything left behind, and nothing broken, nothing missing out of the bone itself. So those little chunks that were in there, like I said, they look like there's some sort of plastic remnant from what was around that okay. hinge. Bit of a mystery, but fortunately it doesn't seem like it was anything from you. Okay, good. Yeah. So yeah, it's just gonna be probably one or two stitches. You're a little pinched and a little burned with this medication, okay? Just do your best not to kick me in the face. <laughs> After the wound is cleaned, the last step is closure. I don't like to see really blood. You know, I don't pass out or anything like that, but yeah, I don't do too well with that. We've seen some pretty wicked lacerations in the ER. Mm. Some patients are intrigued by seeing inside their body. Others refuse to even look. 
And sometimes, just a small glance at that quarter-inch cut makes the patient almost pass out. I put my head back, close my eyes, deep breaths. I don't want to see it. I, I, I felt it a little bit, and I'm just thinking about it, which is not a good idea. I felt one of the stitches going in, which made me kind of lightheaded. It's not unusual for a patient to get dizzy during a procedure. The cause can be something as simple as low blood sugar. We give patients juice because it has simple sugars that are absorbed quickly to bring their blood sugar up. I'm an adult like juice box. You can just leave the dressing on for the remainder of the day. You can take it off this evening, and then we'll see you back here in 10 days to get the stitches out. Okay. You can notice any redness, swelling, pain getting worse, or any drainage from the wound. That would be a reason to come back earlier. Okay. I mean, yeah, I can... You can put weight on it, okay? Yeah. Okay. So what was in the wound? It's still a little bit unclear. But anytime something with that velocity hits the bone, it can cause a bony injury, whether it's a fracture, a chip off the bone, or a contusion to the bone itself. Thank you. The good news is that she's on the path to healing. Back at our location in Colleen, our little doll swallower, Mavis, is getting chest x-rays. Despite the fact that she's not showing any real symptoms, All right, she put her shirt back on. we still need to be careful that the doll was not aspirated or sucked down the windpipe. And if it's stuck in her esophagus, you know, the food tube, a toy can create tears in the tissue. Oh, you wanna go see what your picture looks like? Sure. Okay. What's that? That is your chest. That's your heart. These are all your bones. Your ribs. Okay, you want to go get your lollipop? Yeah. Okay. For my next test, I need to evaluate Mavis's swallow function. And this candy seems like the best way in. It's a lollipop. You just suck on it. Just don't. Don't. Oh, I know. Don't bite it. Don't bite it. There you go. Can you take it out for a second and just swallow? Does that feel good? Swallowing? It's swallowing up fine, right? So, yeah. It's pretty, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> High five. Oh, you're so good. I didn't see anything that looked like a doll-sized foreign object in the x-ray, but one of our radiologists needs to weigh in. Radiologists specialize in diagnosing ailments with medical imaging technology like x-rays, MRIs, and ultrasounds. They are specifically trained to interpret those diagnostic images down to the pixel. They will recommend treatment options and additional tests. And sometimes they see what we don't. So I got the radiology report back. The radiologist saw on the left lung something that looks like radiolucent. It's not really definitive. Like, we don't really know exactly what that is. It could just be an air bubble in the esophagus. So what we typically do in these cases, because she looks awesome, and she's not having any problems breathing, clearly not having a problem swallowing, <laughs> right. um, is that we recheck them in about three days. I love where you put your stickers. That's really pretty. So again, if she starts, like, 
vomiting or starts complaining of abdominal pain or something that doesn't seem normal for her, then yeah. have her come back when you're here. Would she need surgery? If it's in her lung, it wouldn't be surgery per se. It would be where they would sedate her and look with a scope and grab it. They can pull it out. But I have a lower suspicion of that because she's breathing. I mean, she's like doing great. But, but there's always that slim chance that there could be something there based on what we saw in the x-ray. I wish I could send all my patients home skipping like Mavis. But sometimes, even walking can be a challenge. The average person walks about 110,000 miles in their lifetime. That's like circling the earth four times. But at our Midland location, Josh from Stanton, Texas, has sustained a unique injury to his foot while on the job that's not only gonna affect his daily step count, it could have a devastating effect on his life forever. Well, I have concrete in this wound. They cleaned this one out a little bit. It was covered in concrete. I've got concrete that goes through these right here, right up in here, and then in these two big ones right here, there's concrete splattered in them. And the first question we had, obviously, is how did Josh get hardened concrete inside of his right foot? Two days ago, while I was at work, I was cleaning out a 18-wheeler trailer. It had dried concrete in it and liquid that was in the bottom of the tank. I was in the water for about 10, 15 minutes trying to clean the concrete out, hitting it with jackhammers, stuff like that. And then I just started noticing my foot started hurting real bad. So when I went to go pull my foot out of the water, I actually just pulled the top part of my boot without the sole out of the liquid in the tank. They'd mixed some kind of chemical in it that they didn't tell us about. What I think was mixed with it would be like acid or something caustic, like a dissolvent. Concrete got up into my shoe and I guess collected on the already wounded spots that I had that had been burned away. And I'm a little jittery just from hurting. It actually literally dried into the wounds on my feet. There is concrete embedded into the wounds right here that I can't get out. Add to that, the wounds have filled with hardened cement, a combination that Dr. Mark Malden has never seen before in his 34 years of practicing medicine. I've certainly seen chemical burns before, not where the concrete was still kind of in the wound, almost like burned into the top of the foot. This was an unusual presentation. We see chemical burns pretty often in the ER as a result of contact with drain cleaners, bleach, and even acid. Compared to receiving thermal burns, you know, like the ones from fire or something hot, amputation is three times more likely with a chemical burn. So chemical burns are bad enough without being set in concrete. Well, right now, it's definitely infected. It developed a little cellulitis. He had some swelling to the top of the foot. It was quite painful. Uh, we put an IV in, we checked some labs, gave him some antibiotics, and then gave him pain medicine through the IV. As the first line of defense against worsening infection, Dr. Malden wants the wound to be properly cleaned. But with an injury of this magnitude, Josh will need to be taken to a burn center for specialized treatment as soon as possible. 
I don't think you can do much more hurting than I've already done to it myself. Concern is that if the foreign body, the concrete, the debris from the job site doesn't get cleaned off, then the infection will just get worse. And then he could end up ultimately perhaps lose his foot. And then just wrap it up for now. Can you put one right here too? Yes, sir. I'm sorry about that. No, no, no. Don't apologize. Sorry. It's your fault, ma'am. No, but it's painful. We gave him pain medicine through the IV in hopes that it would be enough to allow us to debride the wound here in the emergency department, but he just did not tolerate it. So he needs to go to a burn center where they can put him to sleep and, and then adequately clean it out and check the depth of the burn to see if maybe he has some third degree burns also. While a first-degree burn only damages the outer layer of skin, or epidermis, a third-degree burn destroys both the outer layer and the dermis, the layer beneath. What I did was it's just to cover it up for now, okay? Until you get to Lubbock. I'm just going to have an ambulance take me up there, and then they're going to come pick me up from up there. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank okay. you, sir. All right. You take care. As Josh heads immediately to a burn center for more comprehensive treatment, another painful case has arrived at our Colleen location. I'm treating an older gentleman that has sustained a laceration right on the kisser. I was parked in the academy parking lot. I come around the front of the car and I just fell. And next thing I know, I'm, I'm down on my face and I feel the blood dripping out of my lip and yeah. hunk of skin that's hanging, just pain in the lip. In addition to his lacerated lip, Noel used his hands to break his Does fall. That, I can see a little bit of bruising there. Does that hurt when I press on it, though? No. And he's okay. experiencing this some swelling and tenderness in his wrists. So after I repair his lip, We'll need x-rays to make sure he didn't break any bones. It looks like your lip took the brunt of it. <laughs> it's definitely gaping. You just cut that skin off? No, 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 no. We're going to put it back together. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. If I cut that skin off, you'd have like a big divot in your lip. Awkward. When we get that repaired and lined up, it's going to feel like a normal lip again. Ah, okay. Yeah. The lips have over a million nerve endings and are easily one of the most sensitive parts of the body. This is why babies put absolutely everything in their mouth. The lips provide a lot more information than the other senses. Even the fingertips are a hundred times less sensitive than the lips. So lip injuries can easily dial the pain up to 11. All right, I'm just gonna put that over. Okay. All right. I'm going to sit up. I'm going to lay a little flat here, okay? There we go. Perfect. So he had a pretty good laceration to his lip. And the lip lacerations can be 
can be pretty uh, tricky because when they're with the vermilion border, you have to line it up really well. Here you go. Get a little pinch and a burn here, okay? One, two, three. Yeah, you did do a number on your lip here. You've got actually two cuts. We're just gonna numb up this area real quick. There we go. That's the other cut. Now for the fun part. <laughs> All right. Is that okay like that? Yeah. Okay, good. You might feel some pulling, okay. This is a very tiny suture, smallest and thinnest that we have. This one actually dissolves, so you won't actually have to come in and get it removed. It's coming together nicely. I think we might need just a couple more and then we're almost done. Alright, go ahead and smile for me again. Good. Okay, you can relax. Good. I think you did really well. I think it came together very nicely, so yeah, so it's good. <laughs> Alright, you got a stitch stone. They wanna take a they wanna take an x-ray to wrist and I should be out. I'm sorry I felt here. Love you. Bye-bye. Please return here if you have any worsening pain, come swelling, or any other concerns for you. While the lip repair went well, a funny thing happened before Noel went to get x-rays. Noel pulled a Houdini. Where'd he go? Did he leave? And disappeared before getting his wrist x-rayed. So, yeah. That sometimes happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's called elopement. Elopement is when a patient leaves a healthcare facility unnoticed and unsupervised. It happens in ERs, hospitals, and nursing homes all over the U.S. For patients with decreased mental capacity due to medication, mental health issues, or even traumatic injury, these people are at risk for serious harm and there have been many cases that have even resulted in death. And Noel's whereabouts has us scratching our heads. Do you think, did he leave? I don't know. Or is he in the bathroom? Maybe he's in the bathroom. <laughs> it happens. Oh, there he is. There you are. Phew, mystery solved. We thought you were in on us. I know, here, come on in. Now we can take the x-rays to make sure Noel didn't fracture any of the bones in his wrist. Yeah, it doesn't look like he has any fracture to the carpal bones, his metacarpal bones, and his radial bone is looks great, actually. So he didn't break anything, and the only thing he did was really cut up his lip, and <laughs> that, was, that was a good repair, and I think it came together really nicely. Three... Eight. We did eight. Eight. We definitely did a lot. <laughs> it should heal just fine. You might be a little sore tomorrow, though. So. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> On the face, you have about 24 hours to come in and get it repaired because there's so much vasculature, you know, above the neck. But some of these, they develop infections and abscesses. And so if you wait too long, it's the complication rate's a lot higher.
Well, it was so nice taking care of you, and we'll get your paperwork. It's not and nice seeing you. I know, I know, and I hope I don't see you again in the emergency <laughs> room, but, you know. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Take care. A lot of times, we see patients that are dealing with chronic issues that manifest into painful emergencies time and time again. Like I said before, getting a detailed medical history from our patients can kickstart our treatment plan. At our location in Killeen, Texas, a woman's painful battle with lupus, a chronic inflammatory disease where the immune system attacks the body, has brought her to the ER. And Dr. Mike Hasegawa will be fighting it off on the front lines. And I swear, the guy's always draining fluid. Filled that one up pretty quick, huh? Mary from Copper's Cove, Texas, has come in with a painfully swollen knee. And how come you have pain in your knees? I have lupus. Lupus is an autoimmune disease, and it attacks my joints and my organs. But this is the first time this has ever happened. Lupus is a devious disease that affects people of all ages, from newborns to grandmas. It's kind of like your body is betraying you. Your own immune system can't differentiate between normal healthy cells or the bad stuff like viruses and bacteria. So it attacks everything from the joints and skin to major organs like the kidneys, heart, lungs, and even the blood. You can see the noticeable difference in the two knees. That knee is laying down all flat and that knee is like, Ooh, look at me, look at me. It hurts a lot. Anytime from a sitting to a standing to whatever, it hurts. From what I understand, you've never really had swelling in the no. knee before, so infection's kind of at the top of my mm -hmm. list. Having some fluid in there is one of the parts of it, and I can feel the fluid in here, like I'm just pushing it. Is the fluid in infected is the question. It might be the cause of a lot of this pain. When the joint fills with fluid, the pressure that builds on the nerves in the area can become excruciatingly painful. If this swelling and inflammation sticks around for long enough, it can lead to muscle atrophy. Essentially, the muscles will waste away. So what we're doing today is called an orthocentesis, basically fancy word for needle going into a joint, taking off the fluid. One thing we're trying to evaluate here is infection and hopefully get your pain better. Exactly. Perfect. First things first, I'm gonna put some numbing medicine in there. The numbing medicine burns a little bit. So poke and burn, okay? Mm -hmm. One, two, three, poke. That is definitely not the fun part. <laughs> One, two, three, poke. <laughs> now we're gonna be just taking some fluid out, okay? Well, there it comes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So overall, I like the color that's coming out of it, okay? Okay. This is kind of normal, not infected color. Cool, I like that. Yeah, exactly. I've had some knee taps where I'm basically pulling out pure pus. That's an extreme kind of bad infection. Hers 
looked pretty darn clear. It was clear, straw-colored yellow, and that's pretty much like a standard healthy fluid. That's a lot of fluid. I can feel your knee shrinking. Oh, yeah. I can dig it. Do you need another one? I need another one, yeah. Jeez. Wait, I like Perfect. that. That's a freaking lot of fluid. Round two. Get it out. So this we're going to send to the laboratory. While the fluid does look healthy, it's always a good idea to get it analyzed at the lab to confirm that the joint is not infected. Okay, so let's see. Officially, that's like 30 cc's that came out of you. Wow. Yeah, right. 30 cc's, or cubic centimeters of fluid, is only about an ounce, so it won't quite fill a shot glass. But when that much excess fluid is in your joint, just ask Mary. It can be extremely painful. Try to bend your knee. I bet you'll feel a little bit better with it. Look at there. It even looks different. Yeah, right? That's a lot better. <laughs> look at my knee now. They almost look the same. Yeah, that's a lot of fluid. That is a lot. Yeah. So the worst case is really in terms of an infection. Now, if there's an infection in that joint, it's really going to destroy that socket. It's called septic arthritis, and the treatment is almost always surgical. Now, if there is any glimpse of an infection there, we'll catch it on the sample that we sent to the laboratory. I can walk out of here. That's amazing, you know? See, I'm looking good, right? See you, Mary. Okay, thank you. Bye. Take care. Another satisfied customer walking out of the ER on their own. But for a few of the patients we saw, their road to recovery is not yet complete. Remember Josh, who sustained chemical burns? Once he left the ER, he had to undergo surgery to remove the concrete that hardened inside of his foot. Well, I left Signature Care, escorted out by ambulance to UMC Hospital to their burn unit. I stayed there for two days. They skin grafted to cut the concrete out of it. They use a laser to do it, and it cuts just little layers of skin. First, the specialist used a surgical laser to remove the embedded cement and burnt tissue. Then, artificial skin grafts were placed over the surgical sites. This artificial skin is made of collagen, an essential protein found in the body that helps new skin cells grow back. The skin graft was pulling the minute pieces of concrete, the rock, the hardened pieces actually out of the skin, and they did three of them consecutively on my foot, and then did scrubbing to clean the rest of it out. Found out it was a third degree burn on, on my foot and did muscle and nerve damage on it. So I have uh, some of my nerves and my toes when I try to move my toes and my whole entire foot like literally locks up and everything. The spots that are wide open right now that are still covered with my falsified skin are the spots where I have the nerve and muscle damage in my foot. The white stuff on here is a ointment that I have to put on it to keep it moist at all times because if I let it dry out, the skin, nerves, and muscles will not heal right. These white spots right here are third degree burns through all three layers of my skin. If you can tell, this black in the middle of these 
or actually my muscle nerves and tendons that it ate into. Been healing for about three weeks now. He still has a long road to recovery. Josh avoided the worst possible outcome because he could have easily lost his foot. They told me I should be fully healed up in three to six months. Now, there's another familiar patient back at our facility in Colleen. It's Mavis, the four-year-old with an appetite for dolls. My colleague, Dr. Elsbecker, will be the lucky one to get the Mavis experience. Because I'm already bone deep in a wound sustained from a run-in with a glass coffee table. When I looked at my finger, I was like, oh, oh, yeah, it's pretty deep. I don't want my finger falling off. Wow. Ooh, it's pretty deep here. It went almost down to the bone. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I don't see jars of glass or anything like that in there. We irrigated it pretty extensively earlier. That looks like a good, clean job there. So unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to see Mavis for her follow-up. Dr. Mike Hasegawa is also busy. And yeah, you guessed it. He opted to not have it numbed, so kind of a tough guy. So we're gonna, we're gonna drain this out. Okay. Yet again, Dr. Mike Hasegawa is draining fluid and blood from a patient after he sustained an injury to his ear while doing some Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's an injury to the cartilage. As part of the healing process, it bleeds everywhere. So we're trying to drain that blood out of there. See, he loves it. So for little Mavis, our resident Sherlock Holmes is now on the case, Dr. Stephen Ellsbecker. And for him, it'll be elementary. So today Mavis came in for follow-up of a possible aspirated foreign body or ingested foreign body. And that's something that either went down into the lungs or down into the GI tract. We're gonna let the doc see you real quick and then we can go get your snacks, okay? Okay. Okay, I'll come get you, okay? Okay. I'll be right back. Okay. So just looking over the x-rays from when you guys saw Dr. Rose a few days ago. Since then, she's been spry like this and playful and running yeah. around, no issues. Yeah. Okay. We're going to repeat some x-rays today just to see if there's any suspicion for stuff yeah. being there. The likelihood that she inhaled anything with her acting like this is very, 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 very low. Yes. Extrapolate out as many berries as you want there. <laughs> Take a really deep breath. Do it again. Last time. If she did aspirate little Dolly, she most likely would have symptoms. Choking, coughing, difficulty breathing. And if it was stuck in her esophagus or bowels, it's the same story. She might be vomiting, drooling, develop a fever, or have abdominal pain. So since her first visit, she's been doing really well and she hasn't had any symptoms. Our suspicion for anything bad is a lot lower now that we've had the luxury of time. It's looking good for Mavis, but the real proof will be in the x-rays. So Dr. Rose, who saw the patient initially, wanted her to come back for repeat imaging, which we did today. And fortunately, it didn't show anything in the lungs or in the gut. So hey, nothing but good news for you guys. So the radiologist uh, said the same thing that we discussed before. They didn't see any foreign bodies in what we imaged in the chest or the belly. 
So we had quite a long talk with mom today about what to expect going forward. We didn't see anything obvious on x-ray, which doesn't mean there's nothing there. It just means it's unlikely that there's something there. We did talk about what to expect if and when it passes. But the good news is she'll be able to go home today and follow up with her pediatrician, and she should do really well. No more baby doll heads. No, please. <laughs> and just like that, little Mavis heads back to resume life as a boisterous four-year-old. Bye, baby girl. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.